relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. What's up, buddy? This is a fun one. We just did it. Let's just be honest with the people. Just we just did it. we just recorded this one. It was. It's here's the thing. Let's just be humble. Never disappoints. Uh, Julia was. She's amazing. The stories she's involved. What they do at, at Humboldt Transplant is. It's something that we didn't even consider a thing and she reached out through some friends we're like yeah it's a nursery where the public starting in april can go just grab whatever they want whatever strain they want and take it like any other nursery and i was like that's that's brilliant that's amazing that's what you want access to the american public so that they can buy these great strains pretty exciting that Anybody in Humble can go and go buy some plants. That is cool. Um, but her, the way she got to Humble, what she does in the industry is different. Her whole story is fascinating. Uh, what she does when she's not in Humble is also cool. Uh, <laughs> you guys, it's just a good episode. And then there's a little tour at the beginning. She, so you guys, what's going to happen the first, I'd say 12, 13 minutes. She on zoom, we recorded this, uh, a video on zoom and she takes us through some of the, the nursery and the farm there and shows us around. And that video will be available on the Patreon on the first tier for five bucks. Uh, so you guys can watch that and it'll give you you get other fun stuff too if you pay the five dollars you can see the tour but if not you can just listen to it and imagine and do that thing uh but do the thing mike ladies and gentlemen give it up for plant humble and julia take over while she's you guys are doing while she's giving the tour i'm gonna i'm gonna get stoned because i just now put my baby to sleep and it's, it's getting stone time so. it's really exciting yeah so we're just exciting time. <laughs> we're so happy to be here with you and we think that's so awesome you're gonna give us a zoom tour of this lovely nursery that you're working at so take it away show it off to us all right so right here is this, this is like the first start of our seed plants 
So these plants were planted probably about mid-February. And we do have the dates on everything because everything's in metric, which I've heard you guys talk about at length. So I'm not going to cry about metric too much. <laughs> and here we have Vanilla Frosting, Dream Queen, All Gas OG, Girl Scout cookies, and we got Jelly Rancher in, which I'm so, so excited about. I know I that Nat like, was like tripping about Jelly Rancher in the winter and was so it was like it's really cool to get like all his stuff that like people haven't even seen yet <laughs> so that's really fun this is our clone room number one and this is all ice cream cake look at all that ice cream cake Whoa. and um basically <laughs> this is me and one other woman potted up this whole clone room in about a week the lady i work with that. This is about 4,000 plants here. <laughs> so, and you can see they're like, about I just want to, now I just want to go there. Now it's just making me mad. You should come. I w we're going to, we're, we're coming come. in, we're going to figure out how to do it in June and do some fun shows and stuff. So, okay. yes. We're all vaccinated here. We're like very COVID serious. <laughs> so, right. So oh. am I. I'm vaccinated. Yeah. I'm ready. I have to the first shot. So, I'm ready to get out there too. But I just yell at anyone I love. Just go get it. They don't care. Just go get it. <laughs> yeah. I, I got the Johnson and Johnson, which was really exciting. Oh. And it was one of those things where it was like a race against the clock because realistically, I can't get sick or take really like any time off between now and july yeah <laughs> like like this is my whole life you're gonna um, be super busy with four thousand plants waiting on you yeah i mean my like the ups guy came today because i and i was like oh man this is cool i ordered a bathing suit and he's you're not gonna get to wear that till august and i was like <laughs> damn the ups guy knows like the ups guy knows he knows, he knows what's knows up about farming. He knows what's so, up. It's yeah, they they got everybody's secrets. <laughs> it's true. So here is one of our like the uh, our baby hoop houses. So when they start as seedlings, I'm going all in the wrong order, but it's whatever's closest. So this is Bigfoot glue and blueberry muffin, which is actually one of my favorites, even though it's a little bit on the lower THC side. I love the little bit of blueberry muffin. I grew it at King's Cannabis. It was fantastic. I, well, I and I think you'd mentioned teach like the lower teach. I think that's coming back around. I think people are getting more educated about that. See, it's really, really I, nice to see. I really want that. I'm kind of a I'm a baby when it comes to weed. I actually until this job I didn't smoke at all, even though I worked in the cannabis industry. <laughs> so, but I have to hear because I have to know the product that we have, and I really care about like flavors and. I'm really interested in terpenes and how that kind of reacts. So now I like, I'll like smoke like little bits to understand it more, but it's very new to me. So all the lower THC stuff I'm excited about. <laughs> so, so peer pressure is real. You, you feel the peer pressure of the 4,000 plants being like, Hey, smoke me. Just you try us. Oh. Just try us. Just try, try us. Once, Come on. We're cool. <laughs> One of the first places I, I came here originally like 10 years ago as a trimmer. And one of the first places I worked at, the guy was like, you have to smoke my weed or I'm going to think you're a cop. 
And I was like, I have, and I am tattooed from my forehead to my toes. And I was like, I'm definitely not a cop. And he's like, I don't care. You have to smoke this or I'm going to think you're a cop and you're not allowed to work for me. And I, I just grabbed it and I smoked it and I immediately had a panic attack and had to hide my boyfriend's face <laughs> all night. So... Also, cops can smoke weed while they're undercover. I was going to say, I was like, that's just, that's not even a real thing. They can do this, whatever they want. This, this guy also drank like a bottle of Patron a day. And mm. it was kind of a wild and uncomfortable scene. We can't so wait here to we hear have, the stories of that after. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's fine. So here we have Blue Dream, uh, Chili Verde, which I'm really excited about for this year. Peach rings, scoops. Z money. I don't want to walk too far into this because I know I'm going to lose service. Orange aid, and in the back is GMO or garlic cookies, Ooh. which I'm, I really like the garlic ones. I'm I'm kind of interested in those. So the garlic's I, the funnest. They're um, weird. Yeah. I like yeah. Them. I I think that like savory quality is kind is really neat. I also I started in sales as a cheesemonger, so I'm like more flavor focused. <gasps> Than anyone else. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go while you and Mike do. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a cheese fan? I'm a huge cheese fan, a massive cheese fan. So the first time that I heard about being a cheesemonger's back in Philadelphia, there is this old Italian grocery. Yeah, the, yeah. She, she knows Philly. you're from Philly. Yeah. I told you you're gonna meet your wife right. here, Mike. <laughs> I didn't know who it would be, but I told you this is how you're going to find her. So, but yeah, the actually, cheesemonger um, for De Bruno's, I I met him a couple of times, and I just was why like, "Why am I even here?" You get to just yeah, well, eat I, cheese and know about it. I I know those guys. I've competed against those guys in national competitions, and I've oh, beat those guys. Oh damn. <laughs> That's okay. Wow. All right. So let's finish the tour. We have so much right. to talk about tonight. This <laughs> All is right. So crazy. here's the little, little BBs, little and they're babies. the tiny ones. And these got planted just this week. So we have a bunch of pineapple upside down cake. I don't even know. Oh, magic melon. Have you guys tried the magic melon yet? Mm -mm. That's one I, I really like it, and it's really nice. And then down here, we're going to start doing experiments with autoflowers because we really want to do the auto flowers that Nat does as sort of like a promotion for people who come up from the Bay and need, who want like a porch plant. That's not really going to grow that much. And I'm really interested to see how that goes. Cause I think that will revolutionize what we're doing with sales. Yeah, that would be amazing, especially in a nursery setting like that for our listeners. Autoflowers, you just plant and then within yeah. a certain amount of time, they'll start flowering. So to have to deal with that in a nursery setting is super interesting and also perfect to target the home mom and pop growers. We did, a, me and I, I work here with my ex and we're best friends now, but me and my bud, we did an experiment last year with about 150 autoflowers and we purposefully treated them poorly like we were like imagining being a college student and how a college student would treat their plant to see <laughs> what that's the, the that's the first way that's the first plant i did it was like that i was like i want to see just how much how little i can do to this piece of shit and it gave me bud and i was like i wow what if i care about it <laughs> yeah well i think with our 100 i think it was like around 130 or 140 plants i think we made a pound 
Oh yeah, no, I didn't get a whole lot from it, but it was still like when I smoked it, I was like, "Holy shit!" (laughs) Like we were like, "We were like, we'll plant the auto flowers. They're this big. They're already starting to bud. They definitely won't grow more. We'll see what happens." And so from that now, we're gonna we're gonna try and sell them as sell them when they're like that big in larger pots and go from there. And I think they'll actually make a really good porch plant. Oh, that's awesome. That's such an innovative way to think of it. Well, it's a good first, yeah, it's a good introduction into the, to see, because here's the thing. What I've noticed is when somebody grows it, they either get it or they're like, yeah, I don't care about this. It's it's one or the other. They're like, oh, it was fine. I didn't, like, they're either like, this is awesome. Or they're like, I don't care about this. Yeah, like I'm like a salesperson. I love doing sales. I'm so excited about it. I can sell anything. I'm actually not that good at growing plants. Um, I feel well, like I hope I that no one you work with listens to the podcast. Um, no, well, I, that's not my job here. Other people sort of do that. And people will tell me what to do and I'll do it. But on my own, it, it's not that great. So having something like an autoflower is like perfect for the person who's like me, who's, well, I want a small amount of weed and I want to produce it myself and I want to be excited about it. And I want to like have like ownership of that and harvest that, but I don't really know what I'm doing. And that's where autoflowers come in. That's perfect. (laughs) Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to be lazy and then also be able to be high? It's perfect. (laughs) So I I think you're your audience. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I'm going to go back here as far as I can. We also have, here's, we have so many clones right now. So here's another hoop house. And this is wedding cake, marshmallow OG, ice cream man, which smells amazing. And a glazed apricot gelato. I don't know as much about our clones as I do our seed plants because it's just such a high turnover. And then I just wanted to give you like a little bit show of the property, what else we're doing. We were originally a bamboo nursery, so that's why there's bamboo everywhere. Billy's uh, all about the bamboo. He wants. I'm trying bamboo. to learn about it because it makes for good, like, privacy stuff. So Yeah, that's why we still sell it, and it's great for out here because people do need privacy, and it's really going to be hard to see. But if you look all the way down there, there's flowering fruit trees that have actually been growing here for way longer than even my boss owns a property, so at least 50 years. I mean, he's been, he's owned it for about 20 years. And then, and the base of the property, there's actually a water catchment pond because one of the issues with the cannabis industry, especially cannabis nursery is water usage. So what we do is we get this whole property is on a slope. So all the water flows into the catchment pond over the winter. And then that's what we actually use to water our plants. Oh, that's perfect. The nice little recycling of, Yeah, because I mean, I think one of the one of the positives with legalization is it has to become a lot more environmentally friendly. And so we're trying to do that now, as opposed to when they're like yelling at us to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Be ahead of the curve a little bit. So, yeah. And I think I think legalization is really nuanced and there are a lot of positives as well as negatives. But I do think one of the positives is everything has to test out like chemical free and (laughs) people can't be like draining their creeks dry because that's a huge issue out here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
Everything has its ups and downs, but even for me, I'm just so happy about the higher testing for pesticides and stuff like that. I think it's very important because this is a medicine and the way to treat it. So I've been very happy with that portion of regulations and everything else. So it's important. So now that we're done the tour, let's get to the story. of a coming from such a amazing place to grow up philadelphia <laughs> so you're from philly too because I, <clears throat> I i thought i heard that in one of the episodes I, i'm i'm from right outside of philadelphia i grew up in maple shade which is between camden and cherry hill okay i went to high <laughs> school in camden a, okay it's all so philly everything is so philly <laughs> between um, cherry like hill and camden i live right here <laughs> Where did you grow up? So I was, I grew up in Philly when I was a teenager. I moved to the Southwest. And then really early on, I started traveling a lot, like moving around a lot. And then, so how did you end up in Humboldt? We heard the thoughts of trimming as a trimmer is how you first made the migration. I, I, I went to grad school in overseas. I went to grad school in Europe and I finished grad school and I realized I didn't want to go. I didn't want to do what I went to grad school for, which was medical anthropology. And there's not really a big market in that. And my friend had a, a grow out in actually Reading. And he was like, hey, I know you're not like excited about being in England anymore. I know you're not excited about school. Why don't you come out and you can like work for me for a little bit and see how you like it. And I remember I worked for two months and I made $8,000 and that was like the most money I'd ever seen. <laughs> like outside of getting like loans for college, I was like, this is amazing. I can yeah. live for years on this. Mm-hmm. I'm rich now. <laughs> and that's and now I'm like, that's no money at all. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a good holdover for a little bit of it. But I feel like yeah. that is the story of the cannabis industry for me too, being a younger dude and them being like, here's 10 grand. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're like, this is incredible. And this is this isn't my quote. This is a quote from my friend, a friend of mine. But she says, coming to Humboldt, no matter how well traveled you are or how educated you are, there are two things you absolutely don't know. And the first thing is what a lot of weed is. And the second thing is what a lot of money is. <laughs> and you'll never, ever know what those things are. And I think that's brilliant because I still don't know. I have no idea what a lot of weed is. <laughs> to this day, I'm like, wait, is a pound a lot? I don't know anymore. Oh. I've, been t- I've literally been tipped in my job now a pound of weed. Like someone's like, that was a really good sale you did. Here you go. And I'm like, I, th- I think this is a lot of weed. Right? It, m- it might be. I, I don't but know. But to them, it's not, clearly. <laughs> they can grow some more. Yeah, they can grow more. <laughs> and then other people, other times I'll be like, all right, well, I did this like $100,000 sale. And my boss will be like, we're broke. And I'm like, I, I thought I made a lot of money. <laughs> Well, that's the hardest part about farming and especially nurseries and stuff like that. Yeah. A large order like that, it it helps, but you know, it's still like we got to keep hustling for all of this. And it's constantly, especially like for what we're doing, it's a massive hustle because we're buying the best soil. Obviously we're buying from Humboldt Seed Company. So we're like, we feel like we have premium plants our staff we make sure is like really well taken care of so like 
everyone feels good, feels happy. We have returning staff. We don't have a lot of turnover here. So like our costs are crazy. So we have to constantly be hustling. Well, I mean, that's the majority of agriculture too. That's just where cannabis yeah. is kind of going. Like on the farm that I worked at, we tried to become an orchid nursery, which I do not fucking do that. Anybody listening to this, do not <laughs> fucking do uh, that. Are they delicate? Are they a little fussy? Are they fussy? We bought 8,000 of them, and I think we only got like 2,500 to actually flower. And it was just so much work oh, that's... to take care of them. It was so hard. And there's still no money in that, especially in a lot of the nursery type of stuff. If you go to Japanese maple, Japanese maple tree nurseries and stuff like that, like it's hard. It's agricultural. Stuff. Oh, yeah. I don't know who, how people who like aren't growing cannabis do it honestly like i'm like i have one of the highest profit margin ag jobs out there and it's still a struggle it's like consistently a struggle i mean when i worked as a cheesemonger one of my huge focuses was working with like american small dairy farmers and i actually did a lot of stuff out here like i work with cow i work i continue to work with cowgirl creamery and like a bunch of different places in the in wine country and People are always like, oh, why is this cheese expensive? And I'm like, because it's so much work. It's crazy amounts of work. And so when people like complain about like price points with weed, I'm like, these small farms are like killing themselves to produce something really good. And they're getting their asses kicked by the government if they're trying to go legal. Like just enjoy good weed, pay the right money for it. But then of course, I've never actually bought cannabis in my entire life so <laughs> i can i can sort of stand on that pedestal well i'm sure if people are giving you a pound as a tip i was gonna know, say just people throwing it. it at you it's it's hard to be like i'm gonna go buy this now <laughs> but so so you came as the trimmer so one of our favorite things is trim stories do you have any oh yeah just insane stories that jump out to you on the um market? Yeah. So I worked for this one guy who drank a bottle of Patron a day and he was out of his fucking mind. Also, interestingly enough, is now a customer of mine. They <laughs> they bought 300 clones from me yesterday. Does he still and drink a bottle of like, Patron? I'm probably going to tell this story. On the, <laughs> So he has a partner who's more sane and the partner showed up. And uh, this guy, one, he really liked me and I'm a fairly fast trimmer. And he was like, all right, you're going to trim upstairs. You're going to trim upstairs and watch TV with me. And it was one of those ones where he's like, never ask someone to like trim topless. But if you were into that, I would pay you more. But I'd never like ask for that. And I'm like, oh, God, this is like you're a like, nightmare. You did just ask, you um, son of a bitch. You did. Yeah, yeah, you literally just asked that. Yeah. And uh, to save, he said to save water, my boyfriend and I had to shower. We, we were allowed to shower once a week and we had to shower together to save water. And I'm. Um, 100% sure there was a camera somewhere in that shower. And I was just thinking, I, I always wondered, I'm like, what are you trying to get out of this? Because we're only allowed to shower like once a week and we have to shower together in like your gross shower. Do you think we're going to have a sexy time? Because we are literally just arguing over who has more time under the, the shower head. Um, and, and sex in the shower is never like, it's, it's just it's not. 
No, you do it once in college. This is not what people say. Soap's getting everywhere. I don't get it. That's just, I think that's a mountain man who's like, I'm going to make them do stuff. And you're like, you don't, you haven't been around in a long Um, time. Yeah, we're just like covered in cannabis dust. (laughs) We're like itchy. You're just like, when you trim, you're like, there's just hash and dust on you all the time. And it's really itchy. And it's just, it's, it's not a sexy time in general. But one time, and it was the night before my birthday, my, my boyfriend, he ate something not good and he got very bad food poisoning. And I, I woke up in, we, we stayed in a van on the property and I woke up in the van to human shit in my hair. Oh. And, and that morning I went to my boss and I said, hey man, I got to use the shower. It's my, there's my boyfriend's poop in my hair and it's my birthday and I haven't slept because the moment I woke up to that obviously we had to clean everything out and I was like I haven't slept at all and I, ha- I have to shower please let me shower there's <laughs> poop in my hair and he goes nope not enough water Whoa! and we were trimming this like garbage like this absolute garbage weed like the larfiest lightest stickiest shit and I and and my boyfriend was allowed to not work that day because he still had food poisoning. And I was like, "Hey, I'm really tired. I was up all night long." And aforementioned, there is human shit in my hair, and it's my birthday. And I remember this one old timer was just like, "Well, if you can't trim the bad weed, you don't deserve the good weed." <laughs> Then you're like, I've shit in my hair. They made me work. I'm gonna say this one more time. I have human (laughs) shit in my hair. I don't know what you're talking about with good weed. I don't know what that even means. And um, they and I worked for a few hours, and I remember like I was in my like mid twenties at this point, and it got to be around five p.m. and I had this like indescribable urge to call my parents, which I've never had. And I was like, I just want to, it's my birthday. I just want to call my parents. And one of the ladies I trim with, who was a friend of mine, went to the the store. This was in Dinsmore. And we were pretty close to the Dinsmore store, which if you don't know about that, you absolutely should because that place is bananas. And, uh, And she bought in gallon jugs of water, enough water for me to take like an outdoor shower. And she also bought a mountain of booze and about three ice cream cakes. And we <laughs> ate all of them together while I was like, this is the worst birthday of my life. <laughs> God, that is horrific. That is horrific. And what if you don't what, want to trim the good way. Just, man, that don't make any sense. Well, uh, that guy's it is. name was Shoeless John and he never wore shoes. He's true to his name. And that was yeah. that's that's some real hill shit right there. <clears throat> yeah, it is. So what he was saying though, Billy, is he was saying that she was trying to get out of having to trim the larfy weed where you don't make a lot of money on it, thinking that she would actually take human shit and rub it in her hair to not have to trim the shitty weed so that she could trim the better weed on a different day. Yep. <clears throat> So, oh. so now I'm in sales. <laughs> I don't even weirder. I'll just say even weirder. <laughs> so then you're a trimmer and you're in Humboldt there. You've traveled all over the world and everything like that. What 
is humble compared to the world. You're obviously still there. So, you know, what, what I mean, so I, I, I work in Mexico in the winter. I'm actually a Mezcal rep as well. Like I, I literally just exist to sell things that people really enjoy. I'm like, cheese, Mezcal, cannabis. Let's yeah. do it. Mix it all together. <laughs> it's um, a fun party. I'll go to that party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great time. I'm like, I like, there's like childhood me is and is I hear myself being like like I remember teenage me being like all right like somewhat someday someone's gonna pay me to eat snacks and drink and do drugs and I did it I did it I, I, I achieved it and it's amazing Good. Um, follow your dreams kids and yeah. your children listen I did that too that's what I do too <laughs> yeah it's really exciting yeah it is fun. my parents yeah. are baffled they're so shocked about it <laughs> but so I'm not, I'm still not here throughout the year. That said, I love it. Every time I come here, I get like emotional. I have a special route that I take when I come up for the season. I go up the one, I stop in Fort Bragg. The Fort Bragg has the nicest Motel 6 in America. Oh. I don't like Motel 6 because they support ice, but they do allow dogs. So you got to take what you can get. Yeah. Like driving up the Lost Coast is like my favorite thing. Being in the middle of the Redwoods is my favorite thing. Like I go to places like I, I go to places like Big Sur and like different national parks. And I'm like, my yard is cooler than this. <laughs> like not to talk shit on a national park, but it's, yeah, but that's, it's incredible to me. And I, it, it's really hard because, you know, people in Humboldt, they don't like trimmers. It used to be like embarrassing for me to look for work out here. Like when I came here, years and years ago and was like one of those people like that's really hard because people really look down on it now I'm like a member of the community my face is on the flyer people know who I am and it's it's it was it's like I won I feel like I like really accomplished something to be part of it unfortunately it makes dating here like a nightmare like I'll be on tinder and people be like oh you're that girl from the flyer and I'm like nope Uh, that's a good that's a good though That's actually helpful. You're saving the way you should think about it is you're saving a lot of time and 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 hardship from somebody being like when they're just like you're the lady from the thing and you're like okay cool. I mean, Southern Humboldt Tinder is like a universe unto itself. So it's a trip. There is Tinder in Humboldt. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's all just dudes with like giant bags of weed, and we're like, why do you? This doesn't matter. Everyone's got weed. Like, why are you bragging? Ooh. It's just good to know that dudes are idiots. Just every. It's, it's, a, it's a big fish or a bag of pot, and it's, it's and sometimes it's both. And you're like, damn, you're like, you're doing good. Look, I got a fish in. I got both of them. Having a hell of a day over here. Yeah. And I one time came across a dude whose profile picture was in blackface. And I was like, oh, my God. Wow. You've literally never been off the hill. You've literally just never done it. There's a lot of questions there. (laughs) Before you get to racism. (laughs) It was just one of those things. Who are you trying to? You're like showing off that like you're letting everyone know. Thank you. You've let everyone know what your deal is. And and I'm, I'm you know. And, and by the way, I haven't seen him on it this year. So <laughs> means he's not he's doing some I'm not. 
Or he just it, he, he just, met somebody. He's happy yeah. and he's in love with another racist. And I'll yeah. tell you what, it worked. It worked. Yeah. So. Oh man. Okay. Well, Southern humble dating. That's interesting. Southern humble dating is wild. I can't even, well, so, like, in Eugene right now, I'm like, this town's so goddamn small. And it's 150,000 people, but compared oh, to yeah, we're like the city, <laughs> I can't even imagine. Do you have to start over back at the beginning of Tinder every once in a while, being like, they just keep putting me back to the yeah, side of the line. They, I, I like get repeats 10 people. Now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're going to have to choose one. There's only 12 on here, okay? <laughs> and a lot of it are is dudes from, like, all the babes tend to be, like, dudes from Spain and Argentina, and they're just looking for trim jobs. <laughs> so I'll be like, damn, it's a babe. And then I'm like, ah, no, I can't hire you. So you uh, did mention that there's kind of a look downing upon trimmers when you first got here looking for jobs and stuff like that. Do you think that the way of the community trying to keep the outsiders out? And if so, yeah. how did it feel to break through that and to become a part of the community? I mean, for me, like I do really, I take all my sales jobs really seriously. And I do really like, I really feel for a lot of the smaller farmers here. And I want to do every single thing I can to make sure that they're having a bumper year. And that's just, that's how I feel as like a person who's already selling something expensive. Like I want, like I'm a repeat employee. I want repeat customers. So I, I try to put as much extra in as I can. And that really just means building relationships and I've gotten to do that. I usually stick around. I usually live here much longer and help with harvesting. I do consulting. So that's really been the bulk of my building relationships in Humboldt, especially because now with COVID, it's not like I'm going to the bar and like meeting people there. I'm meeting people entirely through work. And it's entirely through what can I do to make sure that you survive to the next year. And Cause, cause that's the goal. Like we're a small nursery. We're not stocking the people who have these giant corporate farms. We don't have the ability to do it. So if the small farmers don't survive, we don't survive. It's a community and you guys have right. to rely upon each other, which, you know, is why I think, especially in places where it is just you versus the elements, whether that be other capitalism coming in or whatever. That's I mean, why yeah, it's capitalism, being trustworthy it's fires, is it's, important. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much going against smaller farmers. Like we we really need to like make sure that community keeps going. One thing that like I think about a lot is prohibition. And when beer was legalized, like during prohibition and pre-prohibition, there was like microbreweries all over the country. And then the moment beer got legalized, there was four breweries. It was like Schlitz and Budweiser and two Coors and one other. And I really fear that homogenization with the cannabis industry, which is why it's really wonderful that people like Nat are like really working on like making interesting strains and we do too like we work on our own heirloom strains here and we like are like working on a breeding program here and to make sure that people can sell something where it doesn't the quantity isn't necessarily the determining factor for purchase it's the quality because if we're just going off of quantity all these small farms are going to lose they can't compete with the big guys but 
if we can be like, hey, there's something really special about cannabis grown in Humboldt. There's really something special about cannabis grown from Humboldt Seed Company. I go to Mexico every winter. I meet cannabis growers in Mexico who are like, oh my God, you carry Humboldt Seed Company? That's amazing. (laughs) You know, and like, that's crazy to me. That's so wild. I didn't know that was a thing. So to realize that this is sort of the deciding point of are we going to become homogenized and are we going to go for like a quantity mode with cannabis or are we going to go for like quality and have everyone enjoy different flavors and be like, hey, like I want to see a world where cannabis growers are treated like vineyard owners, you know? Yes, yes. And so one of one of I think the cool kind of crossovers is with you and cheese, which I yeah. think is important. But you know, when I was younger growing up outside of Philadelphia, it's oh, there's craft, craft cheese, yeah. you know, you do craft cheese type of stuff. And then coming out here to Oregon, we have Tillamuck, which is kind of a collective of a bunch of different dairy farms and stuff like that, servicing this thing. So I do believe that there can be a wide range between like small farms that are making banging ass cheese, Tillamook, which is kind of, they try and source some good stuff. And maybe there's other versions of that too, besides having to go all the way to craft. I mean, that's the sort of the thing is since I come from this, from like a niche food and beverage place, I'm always looking for those angles. I'm always like, all right, how do we make this to be boutique or to be like higher end? So like, that's one of those things he's really working on that, like building up this sort of brand recognition. And I would really, I, I really want like farms to sort of have that. And I'm not 100% sure what the exact pathway for every different smaller farm to have like that type of brand recognition, but surely it's possible. I mean, look at what microbreweries are doing. Look at what vineyards are doing. Like cannabis should be in the exact same realm as that. And which means that it's fine. Cores exists and microbreweries exist. Large cannabis companies exist and small cannabis companies. We need to create a space where people are paying a higher price point for that. And it's what you said, like people will pay more for Tillamook than they will for craft. It's that's how I really hope the future of weeds going. And that's sort of one of the things where legalization makes it so it's weird because legalization opens up the doors where people can be like, yeah, you can come and check out my grow. And I've been to grow scenes that are like unfathomably beautiful. And, and you've seen them as well. Cause I've seen some of the farms that you've interviewed <laughs> and it's, I, I think it's like getting into that niche markets, just like the way to go. But then there's like also these places that have just, their focus has been quantity based forever. And I worry about those guys because the 99 dudes are not going to be able to compete with those dudes down in Santa Barbara or in Southern California who have just warehouses. Just yeah. acres and acres that they can, <laughs> and can build more. <laughs> and can build yeah. more. And by the way, I really like we do sell retail at our at at Plant Humboldt. And there's definitely I know there are people who are not necessarily growing for like their personal thing. I support them too. Whatever your hustle is, I got you. I like want it to be good. Like I'll have people be like, so it's not like I'm like do, doing anything, but like, what do you, what do you think people on the East Coast like? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, as long as you're selling it in California, yeah, 
I think people on the East Coast like gassy. <laughs> that yep. is hilarious. You know, That's it's a- not like I'm doing things, but if I were to do something, and that is... As, as long as everything on the property is to the letter of the law, what people do with their plants is their responsibility. I believe we're all grown-ups on this planet. Yeah. That's the same as a bar. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> a bar hands you a beer, and then what you do is not the bar's yeah. fault. <laughs> But I do agree. I tried blaming it on the bar and they do not take responsibility. I do that reality that you are kind of like still a cheesemonger, but now with cannabis and you and mask everything, honestly. But you know, that is how did you find your way to be that at the nursery? Well, okay, so Michael, who owns the nursery, he's he's been a political and environmental activist forever. And I one time came through where I was trimming and, and me and my friend, we didn't have a place to sleep. And we were like, Hey, him. And she knew him because I'm from the punk community and I've been doing political stuff my whole life. And we were like, Hey, can we sleep in your driveway for a night or two while we're like looking for work? And he's yeah. And he started talking about, this is like before even he had a nursery and he was talking about being like, Hey, I want to be that guy in the gold rush who sells the shovels. I don't want to deal with flour. I want to sell the plants. And I was like, that's brilliant. Um, that's such a good idea. And kept in touch with him. And the next year I came out to work and I worked really close to here. And, uh, and I was at a really bad situation I had, and I was dealing with like total crazy people and, and I like, just when I was like left and I like came back to see how Michael was doing and the nursery was happening and he's, Hey, like I get along with you. How do you feel about potting? And I started doing a potting here. And the next year I was like, Oh, and the next year I took a year off and then, Oh no, the next year I came here with my partner and we both worked and then me and my partner split and I took a year off. And then this year, or I guess last year, I was supposed to manage a cheese shop in Manhattan. COVID hit. I knew it wasn't going to be a thing. And I called Michael and he said, well, if your ex is okay with you coming back, we'll talk about it. That's a thoughtful guy. What a thoughtful guy on, that's (laughs) a thoughtful boss. You know what I mean? Yes. And it was a concern. Like we hadn't really talked that much after we split and he had kind of moved up in the company. So I like talked to him and he was like, well, we'll see, we'll do a trial run see how it is. And it turns out we're like best friends. I'm going to, I'm the best man at his wedding. I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. And, and then, sorry, I'm also like getting messages from (laughs) while we're doing this. So there's like a lot of ums. Our manager, his partner got pregnant that year and she basically gave birth like in the middle of our busiest season and me and Will, my ex had to kind of step up for the two months that he was out. Cause he was on paternal leave, which was terrifying. Like my first day with metric, I think I deleted accidentally like 500 of our plants Ooh. and I cried. I cried. Yeah. I was in the office being like, Oh no, I think I've committed a felony. They don't like it when you do that at all. <laughs> Actually, they're really chill about it. You can just call them and be like, hey, what's hey. up, state of California? 
I'm not committing a felony. I just clicked a button wrong. I just clicked um, that. So, but we sort of had to step up. And, and since Will's much better at the nursery end of things, and I'm much better at the sales end of things, we just sort of split it half and half. And now our manager's back and, and he's he's still managing, but I love sales. And I was just like, hey, I really like this. And we're so busy and there's so many responsibilities. Like, why don't you let me like do a little bit more of this <laughs> and a little bit and a little bit less taking care of plants because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and that it works in the flavors and you're sampling everything and knowing how yes. to sell it to the people. And that's the most important aspect of it. So, I mean, it's definitely podcasts like yours that really also help all the time getting to hear everyone's voice and hear what people are looking for. I mean, Billy, I mentioned this like before you came on the thing, but like on one of the episodes, you talked about growing squirt and smoking squirt and how you got a euphoric high. And last year, squirt was like the plant that I was the most excited about. And I was pushing squirt like crazy. I was like, <laughs> I we, love do this. we got so we, we got so much. And I was like, yeah, I love blueberry muffin. This is going to be great. Tangy's great. Like this plant's awesome. And today a person came in and I was was talking about blueberry muffin, how we wanted to try something different. And I was like, dude, this guy on this podcast was just talking about squirt. You should listen to it. It's the euphoric high. <laughs> like you're already part of the sales pitch. Um, and having mine, stuff like that is really important. It, it has, especially during yesterday. COVID when we can't go meet up at the bar and talk about our work day, we can hear stuff like this and be like, all right, this is what this guy's doing. This is what they're doing. Yeah. He just so popped excited. them yesterday or a couple of days ago. One of them, one of them, yeah, three of them popped. One of them's sprouted. The other two, I just put a little water in there. Oh, I'm so excited. I got three so more I saved for later. All right. So you're looking at everything starting to show hairs at around like mid June, late June. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing we do at this job. We sex all of our plants. And I was going to bring really? out our, my jeweler's glasses because. That's crazy element of our job where we will stand for 10 hours a day wearing jeweler's glasses, giving ourselves migraines. <laughs> and we can usually determine a plant's sex really early. And that's a huge part of what it is at Plant Humboldt is nothing leaves the property until it's guaranteed female. Wow. Oh, that's the and fun. And it's insane. I will be wearing like, because it's like the most crippling job. Like I'm like knee pads, elbow pads weird glasses that make my eyeballs like this big <laughs> that is like one of the first times where i felt like an old farmer as we were doing a seed run and a couple of the young guys they were kind of like looking at stuff and it was like pretty early on and i was like yeah that one's a male that one's a female and they're like how do you how can you tell and i was like well, young boy, I can just see it within. And it's like half of it's bullshit, half of it's a feel. <laughs> yeah, I, a lot of times I'll have like people who've been like farming for years and I'll go and I'll be like, all right, so that one's a male. You should probably cut it down. They're like, what? No, you can't tell that's a male. Or And I'm like, well, it's, it's all balls. Um, <laughs> and so, and then... For other other growers, like people would be like, "Well, that plant's real big. I can tell it's going to be male." And I'm like, "It's got some hairs. 
It's right got there. some hairs popping out. You can see it. That's like it's, for just, the... it's just a healthy plant. <clears throat> or it could be sativa dominant. So calm down, guys, with your gender association early on. But no, it's a fun thing because we have them starting out with feminized seeds. And I was like, next run, and I'll so send them with some actual seeds and we'll see. I've how done they <clears throat> the first one I did with Jack was actual seeds. Ooh. From Humboldt Seed Company, just a coincidence. Nice. Um, yeah, I just had some uh, Redbeard, Matt Redbeard. I asked him to get me some seeds, and he's like, these are good. And it's my, <laughs> and I love Jack. That's my jam. And uh, yeah, so some of them, like there was a couple males, but you can tell pretty, pretty quick though. You're like, those are balls. Those are balls. Yeah. yeah. I was very Which excited. I, and I just like threw them. <laughs> I like kind of get excited about. I'm always like, here, got them. There's a really old commercial from, I think, four years ago that Michael had me do where we mostly now carry feminized seeds because it just like halves our waste costs, obviously, because we kill all the males. And he like saved a bunch of males and they were like pretty big when they showed. And I'm dressed in this like super fancy cocktail dress and heels. And I have this four foot long chainsaw. And I'd never used a chainsaw before in my life. <laughs> and it's just me. And it's so nerdy. And all of my coworkers make fun of me for this. And then I go, this is what we do to the males at Plant Humble. And I just <laughs> cut down all the plants in heels. And I swing and almost cut my leg off. I get like real close. And I didn't know at the time how close I was. And my my ex who I work with, who at the time was my boyfriend, and Michael both were <gasps> Oh no! Oh, oh shit! Yeah. And but I didn't cut my leg off, and I was like, "What's going on, guys? Well, something weird?" And they were like, "You really came close to cutting your leg off. We can't show that video to anyone." <laughs> but well, a lot of our listeners just paused it right now. <laughs> yeah, going go look for it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "That is so. That's a very. That should be." That should be on your Tinder profile. That should be your picture. <laughs> so I I actually try to pause on letting people know I work in the cannabis industry, mostly because when you tell people you work in the cannabis industry, that's how you know that you will never see that person. <laughs> like, and we've like, talked about this before. About <laughs> I mean, I'm a stand-up comedian, so yeah. it's I'm leaving actually i'm flying out tomorrow not to do stand-up but something similar so yeah no i yeah because so, we'll be so busy working non-stop yeah i think last year i tried to go on two dates and i kept on being like all right well so gabriel's done his paternity leave in july but then we're gonna have our fourth of july sale and i was like and it was like may and i was like so yeah, like I think I'll be free in September. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna date you. And I was like, that's fair. That's, that's completely fair. It would be more fun if you're like, why not? Like, <laughs> just and like just I plan mean, the day if you're married by then, we yeah. really go. Like, what the hell, dude? And I don't know, like we we get days off and every every day off I have, I just get a hotel room and I watch TV and sleep. Yeah, that's farming <laughs> life. That's yeah. That's what comedians like like, do too. That's exactly what we do. <laughs> I'm doing it tomorrow. Like actually tonight, once I'm done this interview, I'm going to Eureka 
and and I'm getting a hotel room and I'm specifically getting a hotel room with a bathtub. <laughs> my whole plan. And then this weekend we have sales, so everything's going to go crazy. That's deep seated going all the way back to the guy not letting you take a shower on your birthday. You're like, I'm oh yeah, fucking bathtub. I'm I'm doing it. I'm good. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you as, should you should get in and out. Hey, can we ask you a real quick no, question? No. No, hold on. Shut up. <laughs> um why the fuck is KFC so goddamn popular? <laughs> okay, so I am not the person to ask. I don't eat fast food. Well, it was like there was there were sheriffs directing traffic the last time we were there when we drove through Eureka at the KFC. <laughs> And we I think is it just new? No. Okay. So here's my theory with this. I think is when you live on the hill and you get opportunity to like not be on the hill, you go wild. I mean, my my boss that drank a bottle of Patron today, like he would pay me to drive from Dinsmore to Eureka, which is about an hour and a half, and he'd pay me twenty five bucks an hour to go and pick up Taco Bell for him. Usually Hell yeah, I would do that shit right now for somebody. Um, 25 bucks an hour. Like, yeah, let's go. I'll yeah, get you I'll some Taco Bell. Let's go. And and that's just the thing of just like being able to like, because I think one of the issues that happens here is you have, and I do this too, like I'm like addicted to online shopping now because I don't go anywhere and I don't really do anything and I'm making money and I'm like, all right, like, what do I do with this stuff? Well, it's like cool. I, you get a present in the mail. That's pretty fun. I do. My, that's where Amazon. I'm weak about. I'm like, man, I like that it just kind of shows up. That's pretty cool. My, my super like exciting thing is to eat a Space Jam and do a little bit of online shopping. That's my like treat once a week for myself. Because also mail takes so long that I'll like forget. That I'll I'll absolutely forget what I purchased, and then I'll be like, ooh, what did I do? Well, so that um, goes back to the early talk about making $8,000 trim. And you're like, I made all this money. It's insane. Yeah. But you realize you made it because you're sitting on the side of a mountain, not spending any money. So it's just, it's just all here now. I mean, that's sort of the interesting thing with this culture. Like I'm the most financially stable I've ever been in my entire life. And I like pretty much live out of my car. <laughs> And it's just like one of those really strange things where I'm like really good. I'm like doing really well. And my parents and my family is always, we don't think so. And I'm like, no, it's good. It doesn't make me laugh at all. Like to me, it like you guys laughing about that. I was like, no, I totally, that makes total sense to me. I was just thinking of nine friends I have who are like, no, they have like a sprinter now. I think they're like rich. If you have a sprinter, you're rich. Yeah, yeah like but they live in it, like, you know what I mean? But really it's well. still, man, you guys are doing great. You're doing great. You got me up spinning, <laughs> traveling around, doing what you want. Yeah. No, I get yeah. it. No, a sprinter is well. I have a Subaru Outback, so I'm I'm humble middle class. Yeah, you got like a, yeah, you got like a. Yeah. My, um, so like, my, like a the white next lady step is a Toyota Tacoma, and then the step after that is a Sprinter. Ooh. It's like Subaru Outback, Toyota, Sprinter. I like a Toyota Tacoma. I like that. Who doesn't? Yeah. Toyota Tundra. Now that's the nice. That's why. No, Mike. Mike has a Toyota Tundra that's two wheel drive. The East yeah. Coast truck. <laughs> it, it, I wrote in it, and then one day I was like, "Hey, 
where's the four-wheel drive thing? He's like, oh, it's, it's two-wheel drive. And I was like, man, why do you have this truck? Somebody sold it to me when I came out from Philadelphia. God. They're like, here's a city boy. Let's sell him a two-wheel drive truck. Man. I, I've, I've seen so many people in Humboldt fall for that. Yeah. So many people come to Humboldt and they get two-wheel drive. And that's why I like the Subaru Outback because it's drive. sporty. Yeah, but I can still do deliveries if I have to. I'm pretty sure, like in Humble and Eugene, there's only like 20 rear wheel drive trucks. And every time somebody new moves here, they're like, oh, I can offload one of these. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. sell it to um, this new idiot. Yeah, that's it. Th- so, my one of my first trim jobs, my boss had a rear wheel drive truck. And for us to get up the hill to where we were actually doing the work for harvesting, he had to put all the trimmers in the back of the truck to equalize the weight out. And that was one of those things where I was like, I, I got to get a better job. I got to, I got to uh, do that. that. sounds like just cattle farming shit. That's just farm stuff. I've done, like, I've been right. on the roof of stuff to outweigh. Yeah. Like put the kid yeah. up there. That's, yes, that's so Let's funny. Let's use human bodies as a counterweight. Uh, that was, it was like, all right, y'all got to get in the back now. Come on. Julia, thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely fantastic. It was. Oh, thank you so much. This is such a pleasure. I I will say last year, not to hold up another podcast, but like I listened to every single episode of Behind the Bastards, which is where Ah. I learned about you. And that absolutely during and surely one of the toughest years for all of us that really kept me sane and I thought your episodes were so funny and that's how oh, I thanks. learned about this podcast and this podcast has been really brightening my days out here so to get to be part of it is just I'm just over the moon about it honestly we are too Thank yeah so we're so now. happy about and, it and we want to come you, visit will you be there you in stop June? By. I got two hoodies waiting for both of y'all that, then that's all the re- I didn't <laughs> even need that reason but now I have a real reason will you be there in June Oh yeah, every single day. Okay, awesome. Yeah, we're gonna figure out. I don't when actually we're think OSHA allows that, so it's it's not every single day. Yeah, no, yes. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we just mean yeah, you live in your car, so that's what you mean. So you're like, I'm here yes. every single day. OSHA, thanks for listening. We appreciate yes. that. Yeah, please hey, don't. That's that's here. pretty cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> don't look too far into us as an organization. Yes, please don't. Uh, no, we're still getting our shit together. Uh, uh, Julia, we're going to come see you in June. Holy shit. Thank you so much. This was a fantastic episode. Yay. Uh, I'm so excited. Real quick before you leave, quick answer, favorite cheese. Oh, shit. No favorite children. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with three. Um, One, Rush Creek Reserve. It's a Wisconsin cheese. It's based on Monte Or, which is a Switzerland-based cheese. It's a cow's milk cheese made from their winter milk, and it's wrapped in a spruce bark, and you cut the top off, and you dip into it, and that's just sexy. So that's, what, like, my favorite fuck? thing. It's so good. It's insane. My And its twin is Montgomery's cheddar, which is a, a really traditional British cheddar. And I, I, when I went to grad school in England, it's like one of the cheeses that got me into cheese. So it's got a special place in my heart. And I really love Poise, which is a brandy wash rind. And it's like the stinkiest, funkiest, like super skunk cheese. And it's so good when you're smoking like a really gassy weed. It's incredible. Like that, those two together is just fire. 
We're gonna do a pairing then. We're gonna come down. Okay. I want. I really, Let's really, really want to do a, a cheese cannabis and mezcal pairing event. I'm like kind of waiting for COVID to be done so I can start doing tasting events like that. So hopefully, we can, I know I'm how that, we can make that happen in Los we Angeles. We can do that. We can yeah, fly everybody into Los Angeles because <laughs> I know a mes- a guy that loves mezcal in a way that's inappropriate. And <laughs> that I would, should be I would, everyone. Mezcal is, is inappropriately lovable. He just and like I, I hear him out because I understand how I talk about cannabis, but he talks about mezcal that way. And sometimes I'm like, motherfucker, I don't drink, I don't give a shit. But then he <laughs> shows me how they make it. And I was like, that is cool. Oh, I understand. Man. I get what it you're is. Saying. It's so cool. And it's kind but of But you're getting hammered now and it's, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the part of that I really got when he showed me that part. I was like, ah, and then but then he got hammered. I was like, hey, this isn't fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't you. usually, I, when I do mezcal, when I go to the palenques in Mexico, I'm usually the only woman and I, my Spanish isn't great. So I have to stay like real sober. Also, Head on the swivel all, too. All those guys are growing cannabis and I get really excited because I'm like, oh, careers are mixing. <laughs> oh, I want to go there. We should yeah. go. Yeah, we're going. I'll introduce everybody on the proper Right. So fun. Yeah, I wouldn't. That was a tough one to have to end because it was like just like a good hang. Where it was also bummed me because it bummed me out because it's like, oh, this is why I hate having to do this on Zoom sometimes because even if we stopped the interview, we could still get to hang out. And we didn't get to, but we're going to go there in June, you guys. It's we're going to try to do some fun special shows all around Humboldt. Uh, I think Humboldt deserves it. Stand-up shows. Stand-up yeah. shows. And we might do it live. We should do a live <laughs> Grown Local. Let's have fun with it. Um, I'm just, oh, I did a mic. I said a thing that might not come true. It's just I did an idea. <laughs> I did a mic. I'm Fucking sorry. idiot. We'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, we love you guys. Find us on Patreon where I pop those squirt seeds. I'm it's it's happening patreon's happening whoo also hit us up on the instagram we're really starting to kick it off we're putting on we're taking a lot more video and a lot more uh a lot more pictures from the farms we're visiting it's going to get a lot more interactive a lot more multimedia dynamic you guys it's fun we like because because you guys because you listeners it's your response and your support we really, really appreciate it. It's it's allowing us to do some really, really cool things and kind of upgrade our whole thing. And we can't thank you enough. And you're going to be rewarded for it with some way cool, clean, very accessible content. Uh, you guys, Twitter. And if you want to uh, do ads, hit us up. GrownLocalPod at gmail.com. We are putting together our ads now for the upcoming season. And we have some available for some past seasons. We got some interesting ways to do what we're doing, especially if you're a cannabis business. So we can get your 
product or business to the cannabis consumers. See what I'm saying? We love you guys. Love you guys. Grab your own. Sweet.